Charging Bull, Fearless Girl, and Cultural Tourism in Lower Manhattan. This is the Historian's Podcast, Extra Edition number 12, and I'm Bob Cudmore. We welcome Jim Kaplan. Good to talk with you, Jim. Good to talk to you, Bob, as always. Jim Kaplan is an attorney who worked many years in Lower Manhattan and has joined us in the past to talk about the history of Lower Manhattan. He's president and one of the founders of the Lower Manhattan Historical Association. Now, controversy about statues is all over the country now, but this particular controversy is a little bit different. In a recent article online in New York Almanac, Jim Kaplan wrote, although the matter of moving a sculpture from one New York City street to another a block away might not seem to be a matter of particular importance or great controversy, this issue did generate significant concern among residents of Lower Manhattan because of the nature of the work, the importance of the location, and the people involved. Can you tell us about the Charging Bull statue? Sure. First, let me say that I'm speaking solely for myself, not for the Lower Manhattan Historical Association, which I'm president in in this article as well as this podcast. But yes, Charging Bull first arrived at Bowling Green in Lower Manhattan on December 20th, 1989. Now, you have to understand the historical context. I personally began working at a Wall Street law firm uh, in 1975. And in 1975, the city was in a terrible financial state. It had defaulted on its debt. President Ford had said that they wouldn't bail, the national government wouldn't bail it out. Uh, And many people on Wall Street felt that the city was finished, both Wall Street and the city, uh, that... uh, uh, the old-timers used to talk about the great days when J.P. Morgan and uh, John D. Rockefeller and, and the country was, and Wall Street was a very important factor in the economy. And uh, uh, But they would say, but those days were gone. Uh, there was a tremendous pessimism. So, uh, uh, in fact, Felix Rowton, who was the head of the Municipal Assistant Corporation, which was to help the city out of its debt, advised that people my age, I was about 26 at the time, would be better advised to move elsewhere if they wanted to have an economic Mm. future. Uh, Now, that got better under in uh, 1980 with the election of uh, Mayor Ed Koch, who people thought was really trying and seemed to be better than his predecessors. Uh, And things slowly began to recover economically in the city and particularly on Wall Street. But in October 19, 1987, the New York Stock Exchange plunged, the Dow Jones average plunged 554 points, approximately 23% in a single day. So there was a tremendous fear, and people were concerned that maybe we were going to go back to the bad days of the uh, uh, 70s and uh, uh, it was very unclear where the city's economy was going, although there was some hope. By December of 1989, when the bull arrived, the Dow Jones Industrial Average had recovered most of the ground it had lost since the 1987 crash, and there was some reason for optimism. However, I think very few people then would have predicted that the next 30 years 
would see the Dow rise more than 10 times its 1989 level. Uh, so uh, at the time, it was considered entirely possible the decline of the 1970s would return. It was in this context that an up-and-coming Italian sculptor named Arturo Modica decided to create the Charging Bull sculpture at his own expense. De Modica was an Italian immigrant. He'd come to uh, New York at the age of 19 in 1970. Obviously, he didn't take Mr. Rodin's advice, or probably mm. never knew about it, that he'd be better advised to go elsewhere. Uh, he thought in New York he'd have a better chance than he did in his native Sicily. And in the 19 years that he'd been here, uh, he'd had some success as a sculptor. Uh, and, uh, you know, his work was recognized by some people. He'd sold some pieces. Uh, uh, he, he got a studio on Crosby Street in Greenwich Village, which he built largely by himself. But despite his success, he had not obtained any significant commission for public work. He wasn't tied in, presumably, with the New York uh, Sculpture uh, Society or the New York... Uh, uh, so uh, he... He had a tactic that he would create a work, or he created one work anyway, at his own expense, and decided to plunk it down in a public space, uh, and had some success with that in uh, uh, Lincoln Center. At least somebody bought the work. It showed a place where it was could be shown. So he tried a much more ambitious project, and that was at his own personal expense of more than 350000 he created a large sculpture of a charging bull, which he viewed as symbolic of Wall Street, I guess, and had it placed early in the morning around Christmas time in front of the New York Stock Exchange. The Stock Exchange had erected a large Christmas tree there, and placing it under the tree, he announced that it was a personal gift to <laughs> the people of New York and the New York Stock Exchange. I don't know, for some reason that reminds me of the Greeks putting the Trojan horse in front of the walls of Troy. I don't know that I would look at it that way, but uh, I, I think I think the idea was that he would get a, a attention for it, and that in his view, the bull was the symbol of optimism, the symbol of the stock exchange, the symbol of the street. Uh, perhaps from the view of a, an Italian immigrant, uh, and he thought that other people would respond to that. Uh, now, the initial reaction was exactly the opposite of what he had hoped. The stock exchange, uh, uh, he, he, he hoped the stock exchange would embrace the gifts and perhaps even reimburse him for it. Instead, Richard Grasso, then chairman of the New York Stock Exchange, called Mayor Koch and the New York Police Department, insisted that the sculpture be removed immediately. That afternoon, a tow truck hauled it out to a warehouse in hmm. Queens. So, from Demotica's point of view, his $350,000 investment, which must have been most of what he had, his investment was lost, and to add insult to injury, he was notified that he would have to pay the cost of hauling the sculpture to Queens plus storage charges if he ever wanted to receive his charging bull. Hmm. So, however, in the few hours before the police were able to haul the statue away, it did attract considerable attention in the Wall Street area, particularly by people like myself. Well, I don't recall saying it then, but followed by a front-page article in the New York Post. And many who saw the sculpture liked it and were disappointed that the stock exchange had removed it. 
Uh, among those who liked it was a fellow named Arthur Piccolo. Piccolo is a historical activist who heads the Bowling Green Association. In fact, I think he was on your uh, this yeah. program some weeks or months ago. Uh, yes. in, a, in any event, the, the purpose of the Bowling Green Association was to beautify and promote Bowling Green Park, which was a block or two away. And Piccolo was impressed with the quality of the sculpture and the audacity of the artist in placing it there. As Demotica's name had appeared in the Post article, Piccolo frantically looked through the phone book, of the Brooklyn phone book, where he thought he was from, and called him up. And mm. he suggested to Demotica that the north end of Bowling Green Park, which is where the bull now stands, would be an ideal location. Now, um, Demotica must have been surprised by the call, since here Piccolo is a complete stranger, and he thought all his entire investment was lost, but he was incredulous that somebody would suddenly call him up and say, I know the place to put your bull. In reality, Piccolo had no more authority than Demotica or any other private citizen to place the sculpture in the, this plaza on the fourth end of, of Bowling, Park, Bowling Green Park. Mm-hmm. But Piccolo did know, because of his uh, civic activities, he did have uh, contacts with particularly uh, Parks Commissioner uh, Henry Stern. Mm-hmm. And he called, uh, I, I remember that uh, one morning on December 20th, I left, got, went to my office, which was right near, the, near where the, uh, on Broadway where the, uh, uh, the bull was, and uh, where the bill is today, and uh, it's uh, it was, uh, uh, and I was very surprised, as were I think many people working in the area, to see that uh, the bull had returned. Mm-hmm. And we all thought, gee, that's great. The city, maybe the city did something right for a change. So uh, uh, we looked at people began milling around the the site where the bull is and wondering what's this, and, and we looked at it. Now, we're not art experts, but we thought this is really of course quality work. Uh, and uh, I, I Commissioner Stern came over. He, Commissioner Stern was a political ally of Ed Koch. He was a former city councilman, not really the, somebody like Thomas Hoving, who would have been an, an art connoisseur. But he looked at it, and he said, gee, you know, I think this is really good. And I think that was the general feeling of the people on the street. And as Commissioner Stern noticed, said, well, this is a New York City park. I, I'm going to accept it temporarily on behalf of the Parks Department. The New York City Art Commission, which is still around, uh, uh, protested that no sculpture of this nature could be placed on city property without its approval because they were experts on what a good art was. And normally an approval would take be a laborious process, could take several years, you know, with, with they give rights to various artists, presumably more prominent than Mr. Demotica, to uh, uh, see where, where an important work should be placed, particularly in as important a place as, as Bowling Green. Uh, and the Arts Commission asked that it again, that it again be media, immediately removed. This was an outrage. However, Commissioner Stern went to Mayor Koch. Koch apparently liked the sculpture, and in his inimical style, I don't know how many of you remember, Ed, but uh, uh, he told his appointees on the Art Commission, 
that at least temporarily the work, work should stay there. Huh. And, and it was a it was a hit too, wasn't it? Oh, absolutely. That afternoon, uh, Commissioner Stern and Art Piccolo told the cheering crowd, as of which I was in the in one, that at least temporarily, the 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 bull on the on the authority of the mayor was going to stay there. And I remember people cheered, and I remember particularly that uh, Mr. Demotica, who spoke with a heavy Italian accent, stood up. And he said, this is the happiest day of my life. I can't believe it. You know, this was a great reversal of fortune within a day or two, or two or three days. Uh, and he thanked the mayor. He thanked Commissioner Stern. He thanked Art Piccolo. And most of all, he thanked the people of the lower Manhattan. And he said, I promise you that as long as if I have anything to, stay, to, to say about it, it'll stay right here, even though it's here temporarily, it'll be here forever. Supposedly, Mayor Koch later said that, yeah, it was there temporarily, but as far as he was concerned, it'd be there uh, as long as he was mayor and long thereafter. And of well, course, Jim, I'm, I'm sorry, but time is getting away from us. Okay. Uh, the bowl's a big hit. was good for the sculptor. Demotico right. was doing well right. with it. Okay. Bowling Green uh, prospered and became uh, an important tourist destination, right? Right. Well, Bowling Green, uh, which was, was still uh, was not as well known, and we later uh, we publicized the fact, and I am the Lower Manhattan Historical Association was an integral part of this, that that was the place where George Washington's uh, the first flag in North in New York City was raised uh, when George Washington arrived on evacuation day on November 25th. 1783, but in a young sailor named John Van Arsdale, uh, after the British had greased the pole there, climbed up, shinnied up, and brought the, up the flag so to pave the way for Washington's visit. So that became an important day throughout the city's history up until 1916. I mean, Mr. Van Arsdale would raise the flag, uh, he was 28 at the time, until he was 80 in 1838, and then his son and his grandson would raise the flag there. And it would be celebrated as the triumph of democracy, and particularly as the American democracy stayed and, and the monarchies fell throughout Europe. It was a symbol to New Yorkers and Americans of the importance of New York, that spot, and the city. Now, people primarily didn't know that until we began re-celebrating it in 1970, uh, 2014. But we now have a uh, ceremony there every year on November 25th. Uh, we started with 15 people. We now have probably recently close to 500. So this is a very important spot. Okay. But and once again, we're, time is getting away from us. Okay. Well, let's, let's explain what was Fearless Girl, which okay. was uh, erected down there. Okay. Well, I think the bull became, over time, a very important symbol to people on Wall Street because it was a symbol of the optimism, a symbol of the power of the American uh, uh, economy, a symbol of the importance of Wall Street, which grew tremendously in importance over the next 30 years. And the bull, in many ways, has been a mascot for that. In 19... Uh, I'm sorry, in 2017, about two years ago, uh, a statute was erected opposite the bull of a little girl, a girl about five feet tall, as if to mock the power of the bull. 
And uh, that was erected as part of an advertising agency's uh, brainchild uh, uh, for the uh, State Street Global Corporation, who wanted to emphasize the importance of having more women on Wall Street. So it was kind of uh, that the girl was going to stand up to the power of the bull. And Demotica uh, uh, and uh, uh, Piccolo didn't, think, didn't like that because they, they were really trading on the artistry of the of the bull. I mean, there was no question that they were trading for an ad campaign on the, the bull. On the other hand, they did have the the backing of the uh, de Blasio administration, which was much less favorable to Wall Street than in the Koch era. And uh, they, um, the Piccolo and the Modica tried to said they were going to sue to tried sit sue to get it taken down. But the problem they had was that. Uh, uh, since they had uh, essentially appropriated the space without approval of the city, it, it was hard for them to argue that the city right. couldn't provide it to someone else. And, I, uh, I must ask you to just jump to right now. We're practically out of time. Uh, many uh, New Yorkers sympathized with the placement of Fearless Girl, but it was ultimately moved to uh, in front of the stock exchange. Yeah, I'm not sure why it was moved in front of the stock exchange, but the controversy has been that the de Blasio administration now wants to move the bull in front of the stock exchange. Uh, uh, Piccolo claims, that, who represents Demotica, claims that it's uh, uh, as a favor to the marketing of the stock exchange, which is quite ironic because that's where Demotica first wanted to put it. But <laughs> I, I think the feeling of the... Uh, uh, that went before the community planning board, which resoundly rejected it. And the feeling was, why move the bull now? Uh, I mean, the, the, the administration's argument was there are so many people there that it's be safer in front of the uh, uh, in front of the stock exchange. I, I don't think the majority of the people, at least on the community planning board or in the community for that matter, uh, would necessarily uh, agree with that. Uh, uh, it's, uh, it's Piccolo's contention is that it's just as a favor to help market the stock exchange and that the bull belongs where it is, which is at Bowling Green Evacuation Day Plaza. So that's, huh. uh, that's what the current controversy is. And so the bull is still at Bowling Green. Fearless Girl is at the stock exchange, but yes. there are people who want to move the bull up to the stock exchange, but that's not been decided or as an well, well, it's yeah. not that they're. I mean, it's the it's the city transportation department that wants to move it that made the application to uh, move it to the front of the stock exchange, and they recently uh, were going to make an application to the art commission, notwithstanding the. Uh, their defeat at the uh, community board, but uh, uh, that's very that controversy is very much uh, an issue now. Uh, there are many people, particularly Piccolo and the and uh, Demotica, and Demotica owns the bull uh, because it was never actually given to the city. Sold anybody, only, yeah. uh, uh, who who oppose that? So uh, uh, I guess the question is: stay tuned. Okay. Charging Bull, Fearless Girl, and Cultural Tourism in Lower Manhattan. Our guest was attorney Jim Kaplan. The story was first reported in New York Almanac. This is the Historian's Podcast, Extra Edition number 12, and I'm Bob Cudmore.